No place you can go in the world ain't got no black people. We was the first on this planet. I've been here a long time. And I'm from Cuba. A lot of black folks in Cuba. You wouldn't know that from being here though. I was a wild little shorty, man. Just like you. Running around with no shoes on, the moon was out. This one time, I run by this old, this old lady. I was running, hollering, cutting a food, boy. This old lady, she stopped me. She said, running around, catching a boy that light. In moonlight, black boys look blue. You blue. That's why I gonna call you. Blue. Say your name, Blue. <laughs> nah. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Red Stream Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my friend and co-host and the person least likely to get those gold fronts on his teeth, Alex Perkins. Burke, how are you doing tonight? Uh... I'm good. I actually just picked up a pair at the mm. at the convenience store. <laughs> they they sell those at uh, at Walgreens. Yeah, I mean it was just tin foil that I wrapped around my teeth. Oh, okay, so it's silver, some silver fronts. Yeah, it's all, all like, I could afford. Looking like Jaws from James Bond. Yep. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. I feel like you know you can't pull them off, but I'd be excited to see you try. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> it's all about the the excitement of the possibility. Yeah, it's about the conflicts. Uh, well, welcome back to the Red Stream Movie Podcast, everyone. As always, you can find our show on Friday mornings on podcast services. Uh, this is the show where every week, Perk and I review a movie that is connected to the previous one uh, that we reviewed. If you like it, please share it with your friends. Uh, but yeah, last week we reviewed... Oh, God. I already forgot, Perk. What did we review last week? I don't remember. Judas the Black, Judas the Black Messiah. That's right. That's what it was. <laughs> my my we, brain's melted. I know. Then we followed Ashton Sanders, who played, uh, was it Jimmy Waters, I believe, in that movie. And he played uh, the teenage Chiron in this movie. And very good uh, in this. Uh, so we followed him as our connection this week into Moonlight. And uh, Perk, why don't you interest movie for us? Yeah, all right. So Moonlight is a 2016 joint directed by Barry Jenkins. Uh, it is about, it's a, a coming of age story I don't hate. Um, <laughs> it's about a, a young black boy living in a uh, poor part of Miami, I believe. Um, mm, yep. And uh, dealing with the struggles of an unhealthy family, family relationship, uh, his budding relationship with a, a drug lord, and uh, trying to grasp his own sexuality. Uh, and it, it's in three parts, so it follows him as like a, you know, uh, grade school, and then high school, and then into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I got a, there, there's a ton of fun facts about this movie. It's just, 
really an interesting uh, project. But uh, tidbit one, um, if you scale based on inflation, this is the lowest budget movie to ever win Best Picture. Uh, budget was only $1.5 million. Really? Is, that is tiny. Yeah, it's ridiculous when you think tiny. about it. tiny. Holy shit. Um, and I think the small number of big actors involved probably helped with that. Yeah. Um, when uh, when Juan teaches Little how to swim in the movie, when they have that, mm-hmm. that moment at the beach, uh, Mahershala Ali is actually uh, teaching that young actor how to swim. He couldn't oh. swim before uh, before the movie, so that's, that's just really cool. yeah, it's uh, art imitating life or or whatnot, life mm-hmm. imitating art. Uh, and then uh, Naomi Harris, who plays Chiron's mom, had to do her whole shoot in three days, and she plays three wildly different characters in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's so crazy like that. Like packing all that in, and she has like a flawless performance. I was gonna say, I, I don't want to tip my hand, but like she should have got best supporting actor nom. Like, are you I joking? I she think she got it in this movie. I don't think she did. I was looking at the awards. Uh, let me see here. Do, 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 do. Awesome. Oh, yep, you're right. Sorry, she did get a nom. She should have won. She should have yeah, won. Yeah. Right. She was, I don't know who else was up that year, but god damn, she was fucking incredible in this movie. I will look it up. Um, do you have any other fun facts you want to say before we get into our thoughts? That's all I got, unless you've got some. I don't. I I, I restrained this week from looking because I didn't want to get spoiled on me. But oh sure. Uh, so this is my first time watching it. You've seen it before, right, Perk? Yes, I have. Okay, so I think this movie, like to me, is most well known for the whole what happened at the Oscars the year that it won. Uh, you know, they announced La La Land was the winner, and then there was a whole mix up, and it was actually Moonlight. It was a very weird, awkward kind of situation. And at the time, I had only seen La La Land. And I really liked that movie. So when it, I thought it won, then didn't, I was like very sad. But now that I've seen this movie, I'm like, nah, I get it. This movie is so... Like, the word I keep coming back to is beautiful. I think this is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen, just from a cinematography perspective. All of the shots, and especially how they use color. This movie is just gorgeous the entire time. Um, so it's beautiful in that sense. But I think it's also a very beautiful story that's like beautifully sad, but also beautifully kind of hopeful like it's it's just yeah very beautiful film and i really really liked it um i don't think i knew about the 3x structure going into it and i'll tell you what very sad to see mahershala only be in the first act man that was that was brutal hearing that you know a little bit into the second act that he passed away his character passed away but um yeah god i mean we'll, we'll get into it more but i i really really love this movie yeah, so I uh, I neglected to mention another little fun fact. Uh, the three actors who play Chiron never interacted with each other. Wow. Uh, because the, dir- yeah. the director wanted them to build their own idea of the character of Chiron without basing it on on a different performance. They, okay, but like, uh, what's his name? Tervante Rhodes, who plays the adult version, had to have watched some film of uh ashton sanders as teenage chiron because like they had the same little ticks like awkward like body movements like i feel like they ha- he had to have seen something because that was like spot on and what i loved about his performance is he kind of just went back to that younger kind of version of himself i'm just i'm just relaying to you the facts all right all right because yeah that was one thing i wanted to shout out for sure too because like when we first see him in act three he's acting all tough like you know he's trying to imitate yeah. leon but then when he gets around kevin again he kind of reverts back to how he was in high school you know, and I thought that was so well done. 
Um, so yeah, that that's if that's true and that he never like saw any footage or interacted that that's crazy. That's it's crazy. really it's really insane. <laughs> it adds an entire different layer. Um, yeah. So this is, uh, in my opinion, like damn near a perfect movie. All the acting is fantastic. Uh, the direction is transcendent. The cinematography yep. is great. The use of color is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, it just doesn't hit me as hard as like it should. Mm-hmm. I, I think when I think when I ranked uh, these movies when it came out that year, or I did like that was when I was still doing a top ten list. I think I had Moonlight like seven. Um, which pro- it probably would be higher now, but it's, I, I don't really understand why. I think maybe it's because, uh, this movie is so far from relatable for me in yeah. every single way, mm-hmm. um, which is not, not a bad thing at all. Um, it's yeah. a view into a different perspective, but, um, like essentially, I, like I'm not even, ca- I'm not calling the movie bad. I'm just saying like, what should be a hundred for me is like a 92. Like it's mm, just, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a weird one. Cause, um, and I, I do remember that when this movie came out, I had big beef with, uh, Mahershala Ali winning best supporting actor. Cause he's only, only in the movie for the first 35 minutes of a two hour movie. And, uh, he only has like something like 20 minutes of screen time. And I was like, what the hell man? Um, yeah. I, he does enough. He like on rewatch, he does enough to uh, like definitely earn the the nomination and probably earn the award. Um, I mean, he, yeah, he, he completely embodies that character. And oh he yeah, completely disappears in that role. Yeah, no, there's there's no actor there. That's that's just a man. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and uh, even though he's mostly stoic, like the emotional nuance you can see in like his eyes and his facial expressions is. It's a it's a flawless performance. So I, in retrospect, I don't have a problem with him not winning, uh, or him winning best supporting. Um, what I do have a problem with is Naomi Harris not winning best yeah, supporting dude. actress. Oh my god! Because here's the thing: I don't even recognize her. I I know Naomi Harris from I've only seen her in um, the recent Bond movies when she plays Money Penny, you know. And so I didn't even recognize that was the same actress because she is just completely different and. Like, they make her just, her character just looks exactly how she should look at each stage and, you know, uh, stage of the film. But, my God, like, I could not get over her performance. She was absolutely fantastic. No, she is bar none a scene stealer. Um, some really powerful moments, obviously, the conversation they have at, at the uh, uh, help facility at the end is really okay, good. Yeah. But the... When she's trying to get the money from him, dude. Oh, my yeah. God. No, and the... Uh, this. This is maybe even a, a di- tip of the hat to the direction, but there's a scene where it's her at, like, the end of a dark hallway that's lit with, like, yeah. purple neon, and it's, like, muted, and then she, like, screams, and, and yeah. it's, uh, I think, is that a dream sequence? No, that happened, but later when he, he goes to bed, he remembers, he he has a nightmare about it, and he wakes okay, up as okay. adult Chiron, um, and we actually hear what she says in that moment the first time it's muted second time she's i think she says like don't look at me she screams don't look at me oh, okay. um yeah that was that was the shot when we see that hallway with like the purple like that's and i'm like yeah this movie is fucking gorgeous like <laughs> and that's every shot like especially like i said we already said the, the use of color is just incredible the blue and the red like man it's um, fantastic but yeah to just like 
tie that down. Um, I think it's uh, definitely it's good that Mahershala Ali won Best Supporting, um, but Naomi Harris was the best actor in this movie, and like mm-hmm. Mahershala Ali can barely see her at, on the horizon. Like, <laughs> not, <laughs> and he's great, right? He's fantastic, yeah, yeah. but she's like magical in her performance. Yeah. Did you did you look up who beat her out that year? It was Viola Davis for Fences. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying she wasn't good. Well, I mean, I just don't like that movie that much. Maybe I'm biased, but yeah, that that was that was another movie that maybe I I need to rewatch to appreciate more. But I, that was one of those movies where this should be a stage play. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, Viola Davis is absolutely great in that movie, and she oh, has she's a fantastic actor. She has her her typical like Oscar scene, like the one where she's like screaming and crying and her nose is running and everything. And it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, but that feels kind of more like a, this is the person who's supposed to win. Not, you know, like I think Naomi Harris is the person who should have won. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's so frightening in this movie, especially in the middle act. Like, well, I just, I mean, let's just, let's get into it. Like the reveal of when he goes to the car to like, because they're, you know, doing the drugs right on the spot, and it's mm-hmm. she's in the car. You're like, oh fuck, and that conversation is so powerful. Where you know, he he tries to call her out, but she calls him out right. So you're she's like, I'm getting it from you, man. Like you're you're mad if you're doing drugs and have a kid. You're the one selling to me. Like what the fuck? So like that shit is so hard. And then that followed up with the final scene we get in Act One with them at the dinner table and. Uh, Sharon asks him, "Are you a dirt drug dealer?" And he says yes. And Sharon walks out. Like that was, uh, I only cried twice this movie, and that was one of the times because Mershaw's performance in that scene is incredible. Him just wanting to lie, but he can't, and it's God, so good. Yeah, that that scene's really well shot too. It's almost like a like a one. I don't mm-hmm. know if it is. I can't remember, but it feels like a one take. When I remember back, uh, I don't think it's a one because they switch between looking at Chiron and looking at Mahershala. Right? No, not. I'm talking about the scene where he walks up. On oh, yeah, yeah. I think that would, that one is a one. Yeah. Um, but like the the way the camera moves too, like it, the yeah, camera is yeah. looking up at Mahershala and like down into the car, and it's mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. a little metaphor in there. Uh, it's just it's really cool. Like the more you pick it apart, the more you find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I mean, that, to me, that was like the highlight of Act One, were those two scenes, um, and then getting into Act Two, like finding out that <laughs> that Marcel was dead, I was like, "Fuck!" And then the real standout scenes are, yeah, when when Naomi Harris asks him for money, and just like the way she's manipulating him, and she knows she is, like when she first seems like, "Oh, hey," being all nice, like, "Hey, come let me in the door," and then she like gets more and more agitated to the point where she like is literally assaulting him, trying to get money from him. Like, that's the scene that should have got her the win, in my opinion. Because she is just, like, incredible in that scene. Yep. Uh, and then in the, yeah, the second portion of the movie we get, um, I don't remember the actor's name, our connection, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he he's really good. He's Ashton Sanders, yeah. Yeah, he's Ashton Sanders. He's, he's great. Um, definitely holds it down. Uh, really, really just embodies the character i mean the the young the like seven or eight year old version he's good but a young actor like that yes, hey. <laughs> you know they 
he doesn't show too much emotion, and that's on purpose because the character's mm-hmm, supposed mm-hmm. to be pretty conserved. But mm-hmm. you know, like the the actor's given much more to do in the in the second part of the movie, and I think he handles it uh, with aplomb. Yeah, and I'll mention too the relationship he has with Kevin in both first and second and third acts. You can you can feel it the entire time that like in the like Kevin's the only actually actual friend in the first act who actually like goes out his way to talk to him and like say hi and be his friend. And then he's the only person that really understands him in the second act. And it's so brutal when he has to, when they, they of them can stand up to the bully and the CM kept punching him. It's just so, so brutal. And then when he comes in with just, you know, he's going to do some shit and he comes in and just fucking beats that kid with a chair. It's like, God damn. Like, this is it's a very, very powerful moment. Cause like, it's yeah. one of those, everything in this scene seems normal, except you can feel that like Chiron is off like oh, the yeah. way he's moving he's moving quicker everything he just you know like shit's about to go down mm-hmm. and then he just beats that kid over the head with a chair god damn uh i don't i want to give a quick shout to just the casting of chiron you know immediately it's him every time it switches acts you know and that's partly because how they frame the shot but like i i like did a really good job of keeping the actors that looked very similar and you just like like i said just knew immediately it was always him yeah, I know it's funny that you know to learn that the characters uh, didn't get any sort of interaction with each other because you're right. Even the mannerisms are just down to a T. Um, yeah. More so between teenage Chiron and adult Chiron. Um, yeah. But I think that just speaks to the the actors' um, range and uh, attention to detail. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, and the director's uh, attention to detail as well. Because I'm sure like Barry Jenkins is instructing them like this is oh for sure th- like he twitches here like it might not be that micromanaging but like I- I'm sure they're given instructions on on some mannerisms to carry over 100 percent and they absolutely nailed them. But <laughs> I don't know about you, but like so for my setup here, I have behind me, you know, I have a sound bar and I have a subwoofer behind my couch. And when Act 3 starts, the bass fucking kicks in immediately. And it was like, oh shit, we're in adult Chiron's, you know, life now. And it's just like, boom, it hits you. Like, just from a, a sound perspective, I, it was like the loudest thing that happened in the movie. And it was really effective being like, he's older and he's different now. Like, this is not the same kind of timid kid you saw in Act 2. Like, he's gotten more tough. But then we see, oh, actually, maybe he hasn't as it goes on. Yeah, that that third act comes in with a bang, literally. <laughs> um, because then, you know, it's supposed to be off-putting, and it is, because it's su- mm-hmm. such a, a diversion from what we had seen with, you know, young, sensitive Chiron. Like, now you mm-hmm. see, like, hardened, drug kingpin Chiron. Yeah. And so, yeah, it makes sense that it comes in out of nowhere. And we get pretty much the same shot as we did when we first introduced to Marshall's Lee character. I mean, he's driving up in the car. He's got the crown on the dashboard. He's wearing the do-rag. He gets out, talk to his guy on the corner. I mean, it's the same exact thing. And it's just like, you understand of why, of course, he'd want to imitate Leon. Like, he was his male role model, you know? Oh, you mean Juan? Juan, sorry. Oh, why is he saying Leon? Uh, yeah, I thought yeah, I, I mean, thought that may, maybe that was a different character's name. But yeah, sorry about that. Okay. No, he's imitating uh, Juan. Juan. And it's just like, of course, this makes sense. But it's so sad. <laughs> like, because you don't want him to go down this path. Right. Um, no, but I I think uh, Trevante Rhodes is 
really outstanding, you know, as all the actors in this movie are, but mm-hmm. at, you know, he is a perfect picture of a character who puts up a big burly facade, but is clearly still broken inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can see that just through like his basic little like facial expressions and like the way he moves his eyes. Like you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. He was eyes and his arms. And like I say, yeah, when he's in the diner with Kevin, like he is reverts back to being a teenager, which like totally makes sense. Kevin's the one person that actually understood him. And, um, that, that whole scene of them talking, intermittently in the diner i think is absolutely fantastic kevin being like so confident and like liking his job and all this stuff and uh sure is being very uncomfortable like not really knowing how to act um so it was just so well done yeah that uh the the reunion with kevin after all of it is just it's really powerful mm-hmm. um and yeah the way that they kind of gradually weave through the walls and like pick apart the defenses to the to bring Chiron back out of this shell is it's really cool. It's a very, yeah. uh, very well put together, uh, third of the movie. Well, and when he tells Kevin that he's a drug dealer and Kevin's reaction is just like, no, like <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to accept this. Like I can't accept this. Um, love that. And them being so different now, but them still being able to talk to each other. And then, yeah, the final scene of that whole conversation, I think is really powerful. I, part of me wanted a little bit more afterwards. Like, it's a little bit more of a resolution, but I understand why they didn't. I think it it still works, obviously. Um, but I think it's kind of my selfishness being like, I want I want more. I want more of a happy ending, but... Yeah, I think that, uh, but... this is one of those movies <laughs> where it ends at a pretty melancholy point, but mm. if it were to keep going, it wouldn't get better. Like, you yeah. should almost be thankful that it ended here, because it yeah. probably just goes back to sad after that. Yeah. Uh, here's a question I'll ask you, Perk, because I, I feel like I missed this. But the movie is called Moonlight because of the story Marshall tells in the beginning, right? And yeah. someone else kind of defining who he is by calling him Blue, and he's like, it's not my name. You know, I, at some point you have to decide who you are. But I we. I don't know. We don't really ever get Chiron fully deciding who he is, but I guess that's kind of the point. I, I'm just trying to figure out like why it's called Moonlight, but I guess it's just a metaphor for he never really figures out exactly who he is until maybe the very end. Uh, yeah, and no, I, clearly he's still grappling with it at the end, but I think it's the Moonlight is more of a motif because yeah, the sure. story. It's I think it's based on a what was a script for a stage play calls. Mm. Uh, black boys in the moonlight look blue or something like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. they they do a lot with the color blue in this movie um, oh, yeah. and, and when it's nighttime it's really emphasized like Chiron mm-hmm. just looks has like a blue haze around him and um, it I think it's yeah the the name is more based in the motif uh, and then that extrapolates down to like you know uh, Juan saying that's not who I am, and then Chiron learning all that and having to grapple with it himself. Yeah, and we the very final shot is going back to Little on the beach in the moonlight right before it goes to credits, uh, yeah, which is I, I, uh, where I drove uh, inspiration for my beautiful thumbnail this week. Thank you very much. Oh, there you go. 
Yeah, I can't believe this movie was shot was made for under two million dollars. Like, that's crazy, insane isn't it? Insane to me. That is absolutely insane to me. No, it's it's very uh, interesting what like really talented people can do on shoestring budgets. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this is a backwards ass way to spoil my recommendation based on this movie. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Sean Baker, the director uh, who directed the Florida Project. Um, which which is my recommendation based on this movie. Um, he his first uh, directorial debut was called Tangerine. It's about two uh, transgender prostitutes in uh, not sure if it's supposed to be Florida. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's entirely shot on like an iPhone 5s, and it's a beautiful movie. It's just mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. And I didn't know the iPhone thing until after I saw it, and you never would be able to tell. <laughs> So, yeah, it's not necessary. You don't necessarily have to have the big Christopher Nolan budget, billions of dollars to get the highest, you know, quality everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, a movie is is more than just the peripherals. Yeah. In this case, yeah. specifically. And when the little the little I know about movie making just from YouTube videos and stuff and interviews, like I feel like it takes a lot of planning to make a movie for this little of money but it can definitely pay off and you can you know make one for a small amount but um yeah my recommendation based on this movie is place beyond the pines um it also has a 3x structure kind of following characters over you know a time period and um marshall ali is also in that movie <laughs> so the shout out there but um yeah another fantastic one i don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen it um is that a uh, is that a new one i've i've never heard of it <laughs> it's one of Perk's favorite movies. Yes, it's uh, uh, certainly on my list. But uh, yeah, if you like this movie, I'd recommend it for sure. Just very similar vibes, kind of people, kind of grappling with um, that. One, that movie's more about consequences than I say than growing up, uh, kind of, kind of con- consequences of actions. But uh, still, a very very cool movie, and uh, and it's cool to see the three X structure um, and other stuff. So um, yeah, and then to circle back around, my my recommendation uh, from this movie is. The Florida Project, uh, which is about a little girl growing up in a project right outside of Disney World. Um, and I, I think some of the scenery feels um, very similar and some of the vibes are are uh, are similar. So I think if you're looking for it's a different definitely a different view, different take, but mm-hmm. similar setting and, and similar world. Mm-hmm. there we go that is our review of moonlight uh we'll get into our bonus reviews and then talk about what we're talking we're watching next week but perk you've been sick you've, you have no time to watch stuff this week so you can just sit back and relax but uh, if you've seen the things i'm about to talk about i want you to, to pipe in because i don't know if you've seen either of these but all right uh first movie i watched i was talking to my friend the other day we're talking about anime and i mentioned that i've never seen any studio ghibli movies and he was like, why? I'm like, that's a good point. So I'm like, I'm trying to make an effort now to watch some because I know they're very good. And there's, I don't think I'm watch all of them. There's definitely a subset that I definitely want to watch. Um, so the first one I watched was uh, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, uh, which is one of the first Studio Ghibli movies made in 1984. Um, and this movie is fantastic. <laughs> Another uh, very gorgeous movie. I think the art style is really pretty and the world that they inhabit is very cool and unique and um 
just really interesting to learn about. And what I love about this movie is, one, the protagonist, Nausicaa, is, became one of my favorite protagonists of all time. Like, she is so empathetic, but also very strong, and it's not taking shit from anybody. Like, she's going to do what she needs to do. And you just love to root for her and watch her um, in this movie. And then I also love that they don't... There's very little exposition in this movie. They tell you about the world through context, which is very refreshing because usually in anime there's long, you know, speeches about what's going on. This movie, they don't really tell you. Like, you figure it out based on what happens and how the characters talk about other things that are happening. Um, but it's never... You're never caught in an exposition dump. So uh, the world is fascinating. I will say it was kind of hard to watch at points because there is a, a point in the movie when this militarized nation invades a like village and i'm like this feels like the ukraine war right now and it's very kind of uncomfortable to watch um but uh besides that like this is just a, a fantastic movie like this the way that tension is raised i think is very impressive um throughout the course of the movie the kind of message about um conserving the environment is done in a way that i think is very smart um and yeah just a fantastic movie highly recommend it on hbo max there um, is your uh, second movie also Ghibli? It is not. Oh, okay, then I'll roast your ass now. Um, okay. what? Excuse me? You <laughs> watch so much goddamn anime and you've never seen Ghibli movies? My- Perk, I'm what so about, what disappointed you this podcast? I don't watch a lot of movies that includes anime yeah, movies. Yeah, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Um, the only, I've only seen four anime movies. Your Name, fantastic. Nausicaa Now, fantastic. Demon Slayer Moving Train, fantastic. And Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, fantastic. So I got a, I got a winning track record here. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I know you watch one of them. You're on a tear. Um, no, I've not seen uh, the movie you talked about. I've seen a handful of Ghibli movies, which is funny because I'm like the least weeb person I know. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah. that's pretty mainstream, though, at this point. I feel like a lot of people have right. seen Ghibli and not really watch a lot of anime. Yeah, I mean, that those those are movies I watched when I was a kid. So that mm-hmm. stuff clearly made it mainstream and in america but like i've seen like uh my neighbor totoro uh kiki's delivery service uh spirited away howl's moving yep. castle yep. um i would at some point like to go back and rewatch some of those um spirited mm-hmm. away specifically but yeah no i i think you should definitely continue on this train because all those movies are fantastic yeah i'm definitely gonna try to um and i will say perk i think you should watch this one in particular for two reasons one they have the chance to do a romantic subplot and they don't which is fantastic. And two, I didn't watch the dub, but I've heard the dub is fantastic, and the voice cast for the dub is absolutely stacked. Um, okay. So I think you should nice. check this one out. But All right. The other thing I watched this week was actually a show that I've been meaning to watch for years at this point, and that is Atlanta. I oh, finally nice. started watching Atlanta. So I've watched the first season uh, at this point, and I definitely want to continue. What a fucking show this is. <laughs> like, I, I knew it was good, but goddamn, this show is fucking great. Um so I knew going in that Donald Glover was, like, the creator of the show and, like, the main character. But I didn't realize that uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield, and Zazie Beetz were also, like, equally main characters. And, God, like, the first few episodes are pretty dramatic and, like, it's very compelling. But then it gets into more of the comedy. And, God, this show is so fucking funny. Like, some of, like I've laughed so hard watching this show. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just loving it. I can't wait to keep watching it. Have you, have you watched Perk? Uh, I've definitely seen season one. Uh, I'm not sure if I've seen season two or not, but, uh, yeah, Donald Glover's a genius. Um, yeah. and it's in so many mediums, but 
Yeah, the uh, Atlanta's great. Uh, I, I don't remember. Is the TV interview in the first season? Yes, it is, Perk. And that was by my favorite episode. It's one of the funniest episodes of TV I've ever seen. That's like their take on interdimensional cable to some extent. They have all those fake commercials, yeah, which are the, fucking hilarious. And the, then, well, the yeah, best the fake itself. commercial by far is Arizona iced tea commercial. Where <laughs> guy asks the, at the cashier asks for like a dollar fifty, and he's like, "But the price is on the can, though." The price is on the, the can, though. The cashier's like, "Oh yeah, it is on the can." What? And there's like, we don't want to do uh, Arizona iced tea. The price is on the can. Um, and then yeah, the interview with the the black kid who's transracial oh my just God. hilarious dying laughing this this black kid who identifies as a 35 year old white man and is some of the funniest shit um and, and just, then yeah, is, that, isn't that he like homophobic at the end of it too yeah he turns like homophobic yeah. and racist yeah. oh my god and it's it's like it's fucking hilarious but it's also fantastic commentary before we get to that point when it's just like um paper boy and um the woman talking about how the like trans community and the black community kind of intersect. That's actually very good commentary there. And it's it's very like it's a good message to get across, but that's also just fucking hilarious. That episode was hilarious. There was another episode, I don't remember which episode it was in, but do you remember when Lakeith Stanfield goes to the shooting range? Yeah, I do. And he brings the I don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen it, but I was dying laughing that entire thing. So funny. And I want to say too, we've seen a lot of Lakeith Stanfield lately on this podcast. Every time I see him, he just disappears into the role. And him as Darius in this show, probably my favorite character. He's so hilarious. He's just this, the classic, the stereotype of like this very like spaced out kind of stoner friend who's also very wise. And God, he's funny. He's so oh, he's fun great. to watch. Um, and then, no, yeah, Zazie I... Beats had like her own episode. That was fantastic. with a really funny thing about her passing a drug test. Like show is so great, dude. I uh I had actually been kind of rooting for Jacob to pick uh Get Out this week because that would have been our fourth mm. Lakeith Stanfield movie in a row. <laughs> um, but Moonlight obviously is a good choice too. Uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> like the the cast of Atlanta at the time. A lot of relative unknowns, but now of mm-hmm. course like superstars. Oh yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> Last thing I mentioned is the, the Justin Bieber episode and that whole joke. It just got... Watch this show, people. It's so fucking funny. Um, very excited to keep watching it. I gotta catch up on it. Well, yeah, so... I, I fell off because there was a really big... It was like five years or something between season well, two and three or something? Well, season three just started like last week. Okay, okay. So, yeah, season one came on 2016. Season two came on 2018. And season three is just coming out now. Um, and they've already announced they're doing season four as well, so... And I heard that the um, series premiere of season three is one of the craziest things that's ever happened in television. So very excited to get there. But um, yeah, love this show. Can't wait to keep watching it. And the thing, too, is like, I mean, you know, this perk, but like there's a tiny hint of surrealism, like kind of um, in the same vein as uh, Sorry to Bother You. There's like there's some weird shit going on. It's a very tiny amount in the show. And you're yeah. like, what is what is that? You know, and a lot of times he's for comedy, but like. There's just a little bit extra kind of fantasy thrown in. And it's just, it's, it's so well done. Love the show. Uh, but yeah, that is Bone Shrews this week. Next week, we are following uh, Janelle Monet, who we didn't talk about, but she was oh, she's really lot, good. She's really good at playing yeah. kind of the, the kind motherly figure that actually is the great um, mom in this movie. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pissed that 
I uh, I forgot to mention her, but she's great, especially because of how she's juxtaposed against Naomi Harris' character. Oh, hundred percent. Like she's 100%. like she's like the Jim Halpert to Naomi Harris, <laughs> Dwight Schrute. Um, yeah, and I'm just like Chevron, just go live with Teresa, man. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, she's uh, like she's perfect. She's just overly motherly. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to see her again in Hidden Figures, which we are watching on Disney Plus this week. Have you seen it, Perk? I've not. There it, we go. We have, skipped past me in 2016. There we go. Neither of us have seen it. So uh, next week, Hidden Figures on Disney Plus. But until next Jeez, time, when is uh, when's the last time we watched a movie neither of us had seen? been a hot minute it's I think been a it while was... yeah i remember but well, hey, maybe we're doing it now maybe it wasn't but oh neither of us had seen the harder they fall there we go yeah all right that was a good movie <laughs> all right next week hidden figures disney plus uh thanks for watching bye bye